This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I drink it up. First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new edition of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. I can't talk too long. I gotta poo. What's up? Oh, you know, just podcasting, talking about movies. I've been been hitting the movies. Been hitting it hard? You uh, using up your uh, getting your worth out of uh, amc's a list or it's, yeah amc's a list right yeah i was doing pretty good but the last couple weeks i've uh i've left one unused just because i've run out of movies to see at the theater because mm. uh it came down to do i waste one or do i go see like boss baby two or <laughs> or peter rabbit two or like spirit untamed like no, so to see those. When you saw Back to the Future, could you use that for that, or is that a special engagement and it doesn't apply? For that one, I could use a list because it was a five dollar favorite. But I think since they're getting more of the blockbusters in, like they're not doing that anymore. Um, there are some, um, some like um, Fathom events that are coming that that are excluded from the a-list oh yeah like like i saw jerry Maguire. that was a fathom event mm. um they didn't they forgot to turn the projector on had to go yeah. tell somebody to <laughs> and the uh <laughs> what was the new uh devil's rejects movie oh, three, three three, three from, from hell? hell yeah that was a fathom event wasn't it it was yeah they did like a three like a three release date uh, run for three from hell mm. and that was it i think they might have added one or two because they had good attendance from the first sessions but yeah those ones you can't use your a-list for but i had rewards points saved up for my amc whatever stubs membership and uh they let me use that to pay for that ticket so i think Willy wonka the 50th anniversary showing is coming as a fathom event in august so i'll probably go see that and then i think i saw they're doing silence of the lambs in october Mm. so i'll probably check that out too yeah but um yeah it's uh the first couple weeks in july have been a little low on new releases so i've uh unfortunately not been able to use every single one of my a-list passes but but i've gotten to see pretty much every major release so far this this summer yeah uh now since the pandemic started both you and i have been working from home yeah however my second job bartending at the uh, theater was not happening (laughs) (laughs) and uh so they officially closed that theater, the historic theater that's been there for over a hundred years. 
It was first opened in 1916. And uh, obviously it's different owners and it showed different things at different times. But uh, a landmark owned it, at least starting as far back as the 90s, if not earlier. And uh, so they closed the Uptown Theater. Uh, however, I did start working again for said company at the other location that is about a half a block away. <laughs> so, and, and I have uh, criticized said location many, many times <laughs> on this very podcast, not because of there's something wrong with the venue. It's the clientele that goes there. The patronage. <laughs> they will not shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if uh, the same clientele base goes there now after uh, COVID. I've yet to uh, see a movie yet there, but I just started working again. It is it is very close to the uh, George Floyd Square also. Uh, no. Is it not? No, but it's... It's close to where that other guy got shot. Yeah, it was uh, half a block away from... Um, was it Dante? No, was Dante Wright in Brooklyn Park? Brooklyn Center, whatever. I think so. I forget the guy's name. He was in a, uh, he was on the roof of a parking ramp. Yeah. U.S. Marshals got together with the, uh, the two sheriff's departments that are Hennepin and uh, Dakota, mm-hmm. uh, Ramsey County, and yeah, they weren't allowed to wear body cameras, and they ended up shooting this oh, guy they, to death. They said car. they weren't allowed. Apparently, they uh, <laughs> changed that rule like a year ago, but. Well, it was weird because like the marshals said that they weren't allowed to, and then like the uh, the city police stopped working with them because of that rule, because like I guess the Minneapolis police are required to wear yeah body cams, so they're like they're like, well, we can't go work for the marshals anymore because that's our rules. But I don't know. It's weird because they said that the guy pulled a gun on them. But then, like weeks later, you found out that the guy had a girlfriend sitting in the passenger seat, and she said he didn't have a gun; he had a cell phone. Mm-hmm. But then that guy had videos online that said that if the cops come for him, he's gonna be the first one shooting. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. Was... An initial report said that they had found you spent uh, shell casings inside the vehicle and whatnot. Yeah, not but, to say that it couldn't have been planted, but I, I don't really no know what's going on with that situation, but. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of protests and um, violence in that area. So it has actually caused the theater I'm working at now to close down sometimes. Various different days it's had to close early. Yeah. They're not even open at all just because of the unrest. But um, hopefully uh, onwards and upwards. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So say a I'm prayer back in for, the movie. I'm back in the movie business. Say a prayer for Eric Mulder that he makes <laughs> <Yeah>. it back. <laughs> oh yeah, did you see the video of? Uh, so, the intersection of Lagoon and Hennepin is where the Uptown Theater was, or is still. But yeah. anyways, that intersection. There was an article or a, a video posted on social media of uh, it was some sort of a sports car just doing donuts throughout oh, the yeah. entire intersection and uh his buddy sitting shotgun just unloading a clip into the air <laughs> sitting on the window of his of the shotgun i saw that in the, the news i think i asked you about that and you're like just, i didn't see that bam, bam. 
my mom sent it to me right before like my first day of work back. She's like, be safe. Yeah, they I'm worried the, about you in that uptown. It's turn into a bad neighborhood. Like the guy was sitting on the ledge of the window, like just shooting up into the air. And then they had a clip of the mayor of Minneapolis saying, now I don't think this really counts as peaceful protest. You know, <laughs> You think they may be taking advantage of us. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, we just don't have enough police resources to uh, take care of it. So the mayor of Minneapolis who tried to kowtow to the masses last year got told to get the fuck out when he went yeah. say that he would defund police. <laughs> he was so humbled. Oh, my God. Anyways, I, we shouldn't get too political. <laughs> yeah. Does that does that count as political? We're talking about politicians. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about uh, two current, theaters, current the events. one block radius, the heart of Uptown. Yes. But uh, yeah, that's just gives you a little update of what's been going on in my uh, second job world. There's no bar at uh, this other theater, but they might change that soon. Hope they do. Yeah. So it's our bartending again. But um, yeah. So what do you, what do you just sweep it up afterwards? Spraying the disinfectant on the seats? <laughs> I don't have to do that. Our managers are doing that. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm slinging popcorn, selling tickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first movie I'll talk about today, I'll, I'll tell a story about how AMC is keeping everything safe and clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Well, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, we can just get into it. Um, you completed the movie challenge for Diamonds Are Forever. However, I'm only going to talk about two movies today, so you can still go first. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? All right. So the first one I'm going to talk about is a new release that I feel like I accomplished something with my online ranting and raving it's mm. called the house next door aka meet the blacks too mm. and i saw a trailer for this i think we mentioned this on a, a past episode i saw a trailer for this at an amc and then uh it was like supposed to come out the next week and it wasn't on the schedule for any amcs anywhere in the state of minnesota so i complained on twitter and uh the official Twitter handle of the movie DM'd me and was like, you know, I don't know what to tell you. It's the distributor makes the deals with the theaters, so we can't really do anything about it. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like, why are you DMing me? Like, are you that like small potatoes that you <laughs> can just DM individual people? <laughs> but I just don't think they were uh, getting too many inquiries about Meet the Blacks too. <laughs> I think that's more not. of the case. But uh, the following week, it popped up on the schedule at the AMC right, you know, within five minutes drive from my uh, my apartment. And it was that's the only AMC that showed the movie in the entire state of Minnesota. So I like to think that I, I helped accomplish that. <laughs> Having said that, when I went in there, the only other people in the theater was a... Uh, a man with his with his uh, child, I think it was his son, who couldn't have been more than two years old. Like the kid had to be younger than two, and uh, it was funny because like they, 
I sit in the back middle all the time. So I'm in the last row in the middle and they were in my row all the way in the, the corner to my right. And like the guy was just on his phone the entire time. Like he wasn't even looking at the screen. He was like looking at the wall on his phone. And then like when the trailers were, were ending and they were starting to get into the movie, like the kids started talking and go, shut up. And the kid would say something, shut up. And I swear to God, he slapped the kid. <laughs> get him to shut up. <laughs> Wow. And so, like, the guy's on the phone the whole time, and, like, we're the only ones in the theater, and, like, maybe an hour in, like, like he walks out to take a phone call, and then he comes back, and his kid is asleep, so he picks him up and carries him out, and they leave, and they never come back. <laughs> so, I don't know what the because he, he obviously didn't come to see the movie himself. He, he bought the kid something to eat, and then, I don't know if he just was... Like father of the, the year you kid out for dinner or something and this is a r-rated movie like it's a pretty hard r yeah so it's like it's not for young kids but <laughs> this is funny but on top of that i also mentioned um so i was in that theater that same exact theater the night before to see do the right thing and mm-hmm. there were some dudes in the row in front of me and there's they had all kinds of snacks and shit. And uh they they were still in there after I left. But when I came back the next day, those seats were covered in garbage. Like nobody came to clean out the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so I took a picture of it and I tweeted it at AMC and I'm like, safe and clean, LOL. <laughs> and then they uh they DM'd me like two minutes later. Like do the, the right thing does not ever. it does not strike me as the type of movie in which people are going to have like a picnic with an assortment <laughs> of snacks you would think so it was, like, <laughs> it was like a seven o'clock start time or something so i guess it was uh it was the time and i don't know like it i guess it could have potentially been from like i think there was one showing maybe before mine but i don't think anybody was going to see the house next door be honest so <laughs> nothing gets me hungrier than race riots <laughs> so i i think it was i think it was from the night before but like the response time on the the dm to my tweet was amazing and uh like i had dm them before about stuff like i dm them about um like canceling my a-list last year when the theater shut down and getting a refund or whatever and i, I forget i DM them about something else earlier too, and probably to get so, Papadias on site. <laughs> I think it was actually I was going to go see Back to the Future on a Friday night, and then they they screwed up their scheduling, and it was showing up as like the tickets were two hundred fifty dollars each, and uh, they ended up canceling that, and then they showed it the next Monday or whatever. But um, so like they knew who I was, and like, can you uh, verify it's this theater? And I'm like, yeah. And uh, I was like, thanks for letting us know. We've added $10 in rewards to your account to use whatever. And so that's what I used to go see Jerry Springer, or uh, Jerry Springer, Jerry Maguire. So it pays to be, uh, you know, Karen sometimes. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite part of being on Twitter is like complaining and getting fucking free shit off of it. Mm. Because companies don't like when you do that because it. It, you know, it gets, uh, it makes them look bad. 
Oh. Are you going to go see Karen? <laughs> if it comes out in theaters. <laughs> I think I saw it was like a BET production, so I don't know if it'll have a theatrical release or not. Yeah, I'm not sure, but man, that looks like a pile of shit. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm just out of morbid curiosity. Although, I mean, everyone is, you know, is turning on Twitter. They're like, oh, look at this. Uh, this guy's trying to rip off Get Out. And I'm like, it isn't ripping off Get Out. It's just a movie with racial themes. <laughs> right. If it's ripping off anything, it's the headlines from the past year. Pretty much. But uh... just because there's black and white characters at odds with each other does not make it a Get Out ripoff. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the get out because I can get out. They were uh, not overtly racist. They were like, like uh, I don't. What, what do you call it when they're they're racist? Like underneath, but like they have a exterior, like a mask on or whatever. I don't know. Like Closeted racists. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Whereas Karen is just out and out racist. <laughs> And get out. He's like, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could have. <laughs> under the really veil of under the veil of liberalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all a bunch of liberals. Karen. Karen coming in. You must have slaved in the kitchen all day. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, we should talk about the house next door, though. It was uh, okay. direct, directed by Dion Taylor. It stars uh, Mike Epps, Cat Williams, Brescia Webb, Zule Henao, or Henao. I don't know how to say that. Lil Duval, Michael Blackson, Danny Trejo, Rick Ross, Alex Henderson, Andrew Bachelor, Gary Owen, Snoop Dogg. Uh, Tyron Turner, Milan Taylor, Johan Sebastian, uh, Shamia Morton, Corey Zuman Miller. I mean, they just got a ton of people in this cast. And the synopsis is when best selling author Carl Black moves his family back to his childhood home, he must team up with oddball neighbors to do battle with a pimp who may or may not be an actual vampire. So it's a it's a follow up to Meet the Blacks, which I honestly I didn't I didn't think was that funny. I don't remember it being that funny. It, the first one was a uh, like a spoof of the Purge. Why were you clamoring for this one so much if you didn't even like the first one? <laughs> well, the trailer looked funny first of all, and second of all, uh, I was clamoring it for it to go to AMC so I could use one of my A list tickets. <laughs> <laughs> this is the type of movie that you go see when you're on the a-list like uh, i guess you know you didn't want to use one of your tickets per week and like those random like spanish language titles they have i don't know if they had any at the time a lot of the foreign language ones are uh excluded from a-list oh really yeah because i think it's weird well like i think a lot of them are, are maybe fathom events or something hmm so, but uh, like they didn't have a lot going on at that time, and you know the trailer looked funny, and 
don't know. Like I said, the first movie wasn't that great, but the second one looked like it had potential. And it, it was good. I really, I laughed through most of, you know, pretty much the entire thing. Cat Williams is hilarious as the neighbor. He, uh, like it said, he's a pimp who also happens to be a vampire. Pimpin' pimpin'? He really is. He's pimping. He's trying to pimp uh, Mike Epps is uh, the females in Mike Epps's family. He's trying to pimp, mm. and it's it's pretty hilarious. He's like trying to draw them over and and make them part of his cabal, and uh, he's got like a like a butler or a valet that lives with him whose accent keeps changing. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's uh, there's like a, a neighborhood watch guy who's really like he just rides his bike around and just sneaks up on people. And uh, there's some funny moments with that. The change in accent reminds me of uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> Seen that right? Yeah. Where uh, <laughs> Richard from Curb, <laughs> he uh, you know, he plays uh, King Richard. Yeah. And uh, his the mole on his face keeps moving to different to different <laughs> sides of his face and whatnot. It's it's never in the same spot. <laughs> Well, it's funny, too, because they, they pointed out, I was like, didn't you have a different accent before? <laughs> What's going <laughs> on here? So, and it's funny, like, it's it's pretty funny, because, like, so, like, the story starts with, like, Mike Epps and his family, like, they had moved to Los Angeles for the first movie, and they survived uh, the purge, and he wrote a book about it called The Surviving Terror Night or something like that. And then he spent all his book money and had to move back to Atlanta to the hood. And uh, he was, he's trying to write his, his follow-up book. And um, like, there's some funny stuff about that. Like, like Snoop Dogg plays a character who's got a talk show and he invites Carl Black on to talk about his book. But like, he's just like a fill-in guest because the real guest didn't show up. And then he just rips them because his, his book is written like it's written by like a sixth grader. <laughs> like a child wrote it. Mm-hmm. Like it's so bad. And then like the the little graphic at the bottom is just like making fun of him. <clears throat> then he brings on Matt Barnes as another guest. And like the, the Chiron on the bottom is like, Matt Barnes, he once drove a thousand miles to whoop a dude's ass. Because <laughs> uh, if you didn't know, Matt Barnes is a basketball player. And uh, he found out that Derek Fisher was having sex with his wife, so he drove a thousand miles to whoop his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but there, like, there's little things like that. Like, it's it's surprisingly politically incorrect for today's day and age, which I appreciated that a little bit. They they did some humor that uh, you wouldn't normally see in a you know 2021 release. So. Um, but yeah, it was it was had me laughing through the whole thing. Uh, much improved over the previous movie in the series, and I would recommend it to to comedy fans. WTM eventually. Eventually. All right, you heard it here. Meet the Blacks too. <laughs> eventually, apparently. Small spoilers. They're setting up a third one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well. I'm going to talk about a film that was a casualty of the COVID pandemic. It premiered on Paramount Plus uh, last month. It's called Infinite. 
It stars Mark Wahlberg, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Sophie Cookson, Dylan O'Brien, Jason Madzukas, Rupert uh, Friend, 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 Toby Jones. That's about it. Synopsis. A man discovers that his hallucinations are actually visions from past lives. So I deliberately left out the director of this film because I'm going to get to it at the end. (laughs) The good surprise. I had seen just a couple of trailers for this. And I recently subscribed to Paramount Plus. Um, I start with the free trial and then for various things down the line, I'm going to need it anyway. So I just kept it. I'm going to need it for uh, Yellowstone. And, uh, you know, they're starting to get more original programming. They have some uh, sports on there, some soccer and whatnot that I watch. So the RuPaul's show that they keep advertising. Oh, do, is that on there? I don't know. <laughs> um, I see commercials on TV. I saw a bunch of commercials for this movie, too. And I couldn't figure out if it was a movie or a series. Yeah. And so it was kind of like Paramount's big launch movie, I guess, because it was supposed to come out last summer, got pushed off from the pandemic, and Paramount said, hey, let's just throw it on our streaming service. You know, the new Marky Mark movie will really, uh, you know, sell some subscriptions, or so they thought. And I like Mark Wahlberg enough. He's at least decent in pretty much most everything I've seen him in. He was in that really terrible uh, Spencer Confidential movie in Netflix uh, yeah, a year or two ago. That. that one sucked. But um, like, there's certain movies where like he does really well. Like, it's a good fit for him. And then there's other ones where it's like, I don't think he should have been in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure if that was this one, but I don't think he wanted to be in it. That's always good. So he's a good sign. Yeah, and the uh, we decided to watch it. The wife really likes Marky Mark, so um, yeah, we fi- we figured we'd give it a try. So the story is okay. Yeah, he has, his visions from past lives are hallucinations and like dreams he's been having. And so in this world, in the near future, uh, we discover that everyone is reincarnated pretty much every every time they die. Everyone has past lives. But only a certain select few can actually access these past lives or remember them. And these groups of people are divided into two subgroups. One, known as like the believers, they believe their, uh, I guess their talent is something that should not be wasted and they should use it to help humanity. And the other group, who are pretty much nihilists. Uh, they don't really believe in anything. They, they think there's talent is a, like the bane of their existence. It's a, it's a curse and they just want everything to end. So they stop <laughs> coming back life after life. So they're trying to end existence as we know it. And so these two groups are battling each other. Mark Wahlberg finds out he's, he has this talent as a 40 some year old man. <laughs> <laughs> Chibotel Ejiofor is unrecognizable. He has a shaved head and a big beard. So I didn't recognize him at first, but he's definitely slumming it in this one. 
to go from things like 12 years a slave to this the whole movie i'm thinking like there's got to be something that's decent in here nope just shitty cgi action like it doesn't it was not good cgi mark Wahlberg was just walking through it going through the motions he was terrible in here not good acting there wasn't anything good about this and i don't know if i if they said it on the trailers or not who directed this but i never saw it until watching the movie in the credits roll and it says directed by antoine fuqua (laughs) and for you folks at home yes the director of training day so (laughs) if you remember a little discussion on our training day episode he's not a good director and every movie that comes out of his it seems like it's worse than the previous one so i mean i haven't seen every film of his but this was god awful this is a wtm never 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 watch this from the director of training day (laughs) i guess you know that won't be very hard because nobody has paramount plus yeah I don't know. Maybe they do. I guess if you had the CBS all access, they, they converted you over. But yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people had that either. Yeah. All right. Well, what's the next film you're going to talk about? So the next film, IMDb says it's a two, uh, 2020 movie, but it just came out uh, a couple weeks ago. It's called Zola. Although all the posters say at Zola, but I'm guessing they can't put the at sign in front of it because that screws up their social market, social media marketing. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because it would just tag whoever has that (laughs) username. Directed by Janixa Bravo, starring Taylor Page, Riley Keough, Nicholas Braun, and Ariel Stachel. And the synopsis is actually, I don't know if that's there's somebody else who had a bigger role than that. Coleman Domingo is the other big role. Um, let's see. Synopsis A stripper named Zola embarks on a wild ro- road trip to Florida. Wild is a good adjective to describe this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently it's based on a string of tweets from like 2015 that uh, the stripper put on Twitter, just like a hundred something tweets telling the story. And there, I think they, uh, I guess it got written about in a, like a magazine or something. And they based the movie on that. And so, like, there's Twitter sounds throughout. You know, the little, I can't do the whistle thing, the little tweet whistle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't whistle. I can't either. Never could. Mm. And, and so it's um. So Zola, she meets this other stripper, and they decide to go dance together. And then the, or the other stripper says, "Hey, let's go down and dance in Florida." I'm going to bring my uh, my boyfriend and my roommate with. And uh, 
things get a little out of hand down in Florida. And uh, her new friend starts doing some shit that she's not down with. And they get into some dicey situations. Um, I don't really want to spoil too much of it because it is pretty, uh, pretty entertaining. Um, there's a lot of funny parts to it. Like the boyfriend is uh, pretty hilarious. Like he's uh, constantly watching Vine videos and talking about how he's going to be a director and make movies like these movies that he's watching on Vine. <laughs> <laughs> Those six second movies. <laughs> right. And uh, like he's constantly getting cucked by his girlfriend. And like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he knows it or not, but like, like when he finds out, like what she's been doing like it's hilarious uh (laughs) and then like the uh the roommate is like her pimp and um like he talks like an american you know when he's cool and you know just chilling and like hanging out but when he gets pissed like he starts talking with his nigerian accent Mm. (laughs) so that's that's hilarious too but yeah i thought it was uh it was a different type of movie it reminded me kind of like hustlers but like this is way better than hustlers like i i didn't think hustlers was good at all but this one was really interesting really uh, a lot of funny moments like i said like the characters seemed like real people which i thought was good yeah definitely worth checking out w team eventually eventually all right well, I'm going to take us back to 2006. Mid-aughts. Talking Miami Vice, the film. The best time for movies, the mid-aughts. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, directed by Michael Mann. Starring Colin Farrell, Jamie Foxx, Gong Lee, Naomi Harris, Sierra Hines. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. I know I'm not pronouncing it right, but it's how it's spelled, so deal with it. Justin Thoreau, Barry Shabaka Henley, Luis Tozar, John Ortiz, Elizabeth Rodriguez, Dominic Lombardozzi from uh, The Wire. He's the uh, bald guy. Oh, is he the I like using the gift cop going, think about it. Putting it as a think about it. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think that's him. Uh, John Hawks, Minnesota's own John Hawks. Oh, yeah. There you go. He's always good. Mm-hmm. I think. He's really good here for about four minutes in the beginning, <laughs> which is the only scene he's in. <laughs> Sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> Typical John Hawks. This is right when Deadwood was on, so yeah, he didn't get that big of a role. But um, so, synopsis based on the 1980s TV action drama, this update focuses on vice detectives Crockett and Tubbs as their respective personnel, sorry, as their respective personal and professional lives become dangerously intertwined. So, I've never seen the show. I've always wanted to um, because I'm a big 80s guy. So why not watch the best or the number one show of the 80s? Biggest show of the 80s, I should say. Now, uh, 
friends over at Midnight Movie Cowboys that just did a episode on Miami Vice. And uh, I'm going to Miami uh, tomorrow. So <laughs> I was like, all right, let's uh, let's watch the movie because that's the quickest thing to watch because I don't have time to watch the series right now. And it's kind of hard to get because I want to get the Blu-ray, but it was sold on Amazon. So I might have to go through Mill Creek, Minnesota's own Mill Creek. There you go. <laughs> Oh, you betcha. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this because I got it cheap somewhere. And uh, yeah, not good at all. <laughs> at the first 15 minutes, I was intrigued. Like, I was like, okay, you got some nice style here. Like, the story is in, at least intriguing, mainly because you don't know what's going on. And then that wears off. And then it's just boring as fuck for the next two hours. I thought Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx were fine. Jamie Foxx isn't in as much as I thought he should have been, I guess. His character's kind of, I mean, I know he's second fiddle to, you know, Don Johnson's character in the show, but I know this is mostly Colin Farrell and I think he's fine in here too. It's just really boring. Yeah. There isn't any action until like the last half hour. It's kind of two set pieces that kind of run together. It's mm. kind of like a climax to the film. But other than that, it's it's nothing. It's undercover stuff. They go to South America. Um, but yeah, I was, I was thinking like, oh, yeah, let's watch Miami Vice. There'll be some cool locales in there, stuff to go see. Because I'm already going to go see uh, the hotel in Scarface, uh, the chainsaw scene. That's like a block away from my hotel. So I'm going to go check that out. But um, yeah, uh, every scene in Miami Vice that's in Miami is at night <laughs> and they aren't really anywhere exotic. They're on the freeway, they're in a nightclub and they're in like like a barren, I don't know how to describe it, like a, oh, not a wasteland, but like an uninhabited part of the city that's like underneath the freeways. Oh yeah. They're, it's just, you know, gravel and long grass as far as the eye can see basically (laughs) so like the only like scenes during the day are in cuba and south america so (laughs) didn't give me like any places to check out in miami and yeah the movie is just not good at all close to a never actually Hmm. Um, i'll just give it a last resort it's a last resort. I'd possibly give it a chance again after watching the series. But I know for I even without having seen the series, I know this series is much more fun than this. And I don't mind uh, Dark and Gritty. In fact, I love Dark and Gritty for the most part. But when it doesn't approve the subject matter or approve upon the original work, it's just kind of pointless. <laughs> All right. it's just fucking boring. Well, like I haven't seen the series or the movie, but I know the series is known for like bright pastel colors yep. and mm-hmm. you know, eighties music, like, tropical locales, and Versace suits. Yeah, uh, he, he's dressed okay in some of these, and he has a nice car. I think he has a Ferrari, just like uh, a Crockett on the show at a Ferrari. It's like when but they made um, the movie, they're like, "Fuck that, make it dark." Yeah. And there's no, in the show, he had a pet alligator named Elvis. That's not here. <laughs> in fact, I don't even know if you see uh, Crockett's houseboat. 
because he lives on a boat in the show. <laughs> I don't know if they ever like show it in the movie, but yeah, it was just I don't know. Like you know what everybody loved about Miami Vice, <laughs> the serious part. <laughs> That's what people loved in the eighties. Seriousness. It's like the opposite of like, like, uh, I don't know, like Starsky and Hutch or uh, some of those other movies were like the remakes of like serious TV shows, but like they went like the complete opposite where they made them just like goofy comedies. Yeah. And it's like, no, we're going to take this goofy <laughs> show and make it super serious. <laughs> and not give it any action so it drags for two hours because the movie is let's see here two hours and 12 minutes <laughs> so yeah sounds like a winning recipe yeah like i said like the beginning i thought was kind of intriguing but there's no like action really in there they're in a nightclub like undercover and jimmy fox does like punch a guy or like hey, he subdues uh, a criminal in about two seconds mm. but that's it <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of talking and undercover uh close calls i guess if you will but yeah, yeah. i'll yeah. give this a last resort you'd probably be better off watching the sitarsky and hutch movie <laughs> i don't think i've seen that since the do theater. it <laughs> do, do it, it. <laughs> do it I remember seeing it in the theater and laughing at it, but I've never, I don't think I never went back to it. I don't know if I watched it from beginning to end. It's okay. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a goofy comedy. All right. So here, here's what I've been waiting for. Uh, you completed the movie challenge for Diamonds Are Forever. I did from 1971, directed by uh, Guy Hamilton. Starring Sean Connery, Jill St. John, Charles Gray, Lana Wood, Jimmy Dean of The Breakfast Sausage <laughs> fan. Yeah. I was going to see you ask you if you got that. It's like, do you know who Willard White is? <laughs> I saw his name in the credits. I'm like, Jimmy Dean, is that the sausage guy? Like, it's got to be the sausage guy. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Cabot. Putter Smith, Bruce Glover, uh, Norman Burton, uh, Joseph Furst, Bernard Lee, Desmond Llewellyn, Leonard Barr, Lois Maxwell, Margaret Lacey, Joe Robinson. Well, Sid Haig is also in there. He's got a small role. Yep. I, I have a brother. I have a brother. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> <laughs> Synopsis is a diamond smuggling investigation leads James Bond to Las Vegas, where he uncovers an evil plot involving a rich business tycoon. I would say this, this might be my favorite one so far. <laughs> like this was, this was really fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like start to finish, like right from the beginning, like the very first thing you see is like they're back in Japan or whatever. And he throws some dude head first through one of them paper walls. It's like the <laughs> first thing you see. <laughs> and then, and he, then strangles, the second, yeah. he strangles a woman with her bikini top. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> so 
see some so side like, boob there some this, side nip yeah definitely well I, you definitely see some nipple because she doesn't get it covered right away <laughs> and then in the the opening credits they had some nipple in there too i'm mm-hmm. like oh this is uh it's rated gp apparently according to imdb whatever that means <laughs> <laughs> what that means uh so yeah a lot of fun in this one james bond with the quips galore <laughs> fucking loved it and he's this is probably his best job as being a spy so far i think so huh <laughs> <laughs> because he goes undercover with an assumed identity and he maintains it like through the whole thing until like eventually he kind of gets found out but like he goes like through like a, a few different contacts as this fake individual yeah and nobody knows it's james bond which mm-hmm. is a plus because in other movies he just like shows up and goes up to his target and says i'm james bond nice to <laughs> meet you <laughs> everybody knows who you are buddy <laughs> it's like well, early on he wasn't as popular in the world nobody knew that name so you like just people people know the anywhere. name they know the name but they don't necessarily know the face <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of good one-liners. Like uh, I think you mentioned when you challenged me that there's a uh, a couple of dudes going around the, in the movie <laughs> who they might be my favorite characters in the movie. They're, yeah. they're fucking great. Like every single line of the, there's they're like assassins who are part of this. Uh, like not even like part of the drug uh, the diamond smuggling ring. Like they're trying to intercept the diamonds for themselves. Uh, on behalf of somebody else like it's weird like kind of the whole scheme of things yeah like, like somebody's smuggling the diamonds and then somebody else is trying to steal the diamonds and then james it's Bond usually a very convoluted plot for the majority of these films <laughs> but these dudes like they these they're just assassins and like every single thing they say is a pun <laughs> <laughs> and they always address each other as Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. <laughs> sure do. <laughs> and then there's just like a scene where they're holding hands for no reason. <laughs> and then they get one of them. They're on an airplane and they look at a stewardess and one guy goes, she's pretty attractive for a woman. Because <laughs> <laughs> he says that she's pretty attractive and uh, uh, Mr. Kid looks, is Mr. Wint that says it? No, I'm sorry. That was Mr. Kid that says it. Mr. Wint who's Crispin Glover's dad, Bruce, looks at him like, Mr. Wait, yeah, looks at him like kind of pissed. He's like, yeah. for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so like, they don't like come out and say they're gay, but they, they have some really heavy hands. <laughs> they're literally heavy handed. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the first scene you see them. They walk off holding hands. Yeah. And later in the movie uh sean connery does uh it's funny he uses like a like an old-timey hom- homophobic slur <laughs> calls him a tart oh yeah okay i don't know if he's I, like uh... that was when uh he broke remember the uh i think it was in the wherever you get people cremated a crematorium or whatever you call that yeah they had an oven in the middle of the fucking chapel <laughs> Like, I don't know yeah. if that's how it works. Remember that uh, that that cologne or aftershave the bottle that got broken? It got on bond. He's like, oh, I smell like a tarts handkerchief. 
<laughs> I, I think I misheard what he said, and I'm like, I, I don't know what that what he what he said. Because yeah, because he wakes up. I had to put yeah, on the subtitles. Was like, did you say like tart? Yep, tart. T a r t. I was like, that's got to be an old timey like gay slur. If I had caught that, it would have been better foreshadowing for the last <laughs> scene. <laughs> well, it's because I forgot about the last scene. I mean, we'll talk about more later, but I was like, God, what was the, what was the point of all that, with that after save thing, just so we can make that little joke. <laughs> but all right, continue. Yeah. Cause at the end, like I was wondering what happened to those guys and like, <laughs> oh, good resolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's some good action scenes. Like there's two like great chase scenes. Yeah. We can talk about it more in the spoilers. Cause one of them is pretty fantastical <laughs> but, uh, yeah i had a lot of fun with it i don't know if it, i'd say it's a soonish but it's definitely an eventually i, th- I think i'm gonna stick with eventually for this one but right. eventually I, this one's right up there with like goldfinger as, as mm-hmm. my favorite so far and you know another reason you might like this a lot is so guy hamilton also the director for goldfinger uh, he would go on to direct the next two James Bond movies, Live and Let Die, which you've seen. Remember, you said pretty good. I like. Yeah, that you one, liked yeah. it. And then um, the next one I'm going to challenge you to, which is uh, the Man with the Golden Gun. But uh, yeah, also Shirley Bassey did the song for this and for Goldfinger. Diamonds yeah. are forever. I can't. I, I can't help but get that Kanye version out of you know stuck <laughs> in my head whenever it starts. <laughs> heard that too many times but uh yeah the def- theme song is great and uh yeah definitely like i said up there possibly my favorite of the series so far all right so now comes the part of the episode where you challenge me to watch something for next time All right, I'm going to challenge you to watch last year's most controversial movie, allegedly, <laughs> The Hunt, which mm. is now on HBO. Perfect. So, I really enjoyed it. It was the last movie I saw before theaters shut down. Last movie I saw in the theaters before the theaters shut down. And uh, I really, really liked it. So now it's All your right. turn to see it. All right. Now, originally, I was hoping to uh, post this episode this very evening, but I don't know if that's going to happen now. And I leave early in the morning uh, for Miami. So maybe I'll uh, just post this when I get back, which will be next week. But uh, we should tell the folks at home what we're going to be doing the rest of the summer. Sure. Oh, you want me to tell? Sure. We are going to be talking about Tony Scott directed movies, yep. such as True Romance, Man on Fire. What else did we say? We're going to do Top Gun later, closer to when the sequel comes out. Yeah, we're going to do Top Gun in early November, right before the uh, sequel comes out. So yeah, that would be three. So we'll do one more Tony Scott movie. So we'll do three Tony Scott movies this summer. Yeah, so some potential other ones. Uh, Last Boy Scout or Domino would probably be the uh, 
the other ones mm -hmm. that we might do. And then uh, our horror extravaganza, which will start in September, as always, uh, is going to be talking somewhat about um, Brian De Palma. We're going to do a couple of his films, some of his horror features. Yeah, that'll be fun. Or thrillers, if you will. They're kind of yeah. horror thrillers, but suspense. Mm -hmm. It's all kind of. It all fits under the umbrella. We did wait wait until dark last year, so which is on HBO Max. People should go watch that movie. Oh, it is right now. Yeah, definitely check that out if you have not seen it. We'll wait until dark, Alan Arkin, and uh, from Skaz Dan, <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, what's the fucking actress's name now? Audrey Hepper. Audrey Hepper. Yes. Mm -hmm. The world's champion blind lady. <laughs> uh, all right. So you challenged me to a movie. Talked about what we're going to, what's coming up next. Uh, yeah. Why don't you uh, tell people about your podcast and the merch they can buy. And then I'll kind of wrap up the show. And then we'll get into spoilers for Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, so uh, Positively Wolfy podcast. I'm actually going to take a little break from that. Um, Ooh. So I don't, have, I don't have a new episode this week, and it'll probably be a little bit before I get back to that. But uh, go ahead and download and listen to all the episodes that are out there. There's 47 episodes, so mm. lots to binge out there. Couldn't make it to 50? <laughs> well, it's been a full year. Um, I did take a month off in October of last year for reasons beyond my control. Yep. But uh, <laughs> with with things opening up and me going back to the movies as much as I have been, it's uh, I don't have as much time for the podcast. It's kind of becoming a, a kind of a time constraint. Mm -hmm. Plus, my my co-hosts are are. A lot busier lately too so it's been a little harder to schedule recording and then uh editing you know how editing goes so <laughs> just need a break i need a break from it for a while so um it'll probably come back in the future maybe on a, a less frequent basis but uh yeah for now just go ahead and check out the ones that are out there especially if you haven't listened to all of them yet um they're Definitely worth checking out, in my opinion. But I'm a little biased. You don't say. <laughs> so. Um, but uh, you also mentioned WTM's merchandise, where you can check out uh, T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, all kinds of other stuff with WTM logos galore. Lots of different designs. You can head to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com. It's very All easy. Right. Very easy nice. to remember. You can follow us on Twitter at watchthis__movie or brett at positivelywolf1. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. So let's talk more about Mr. Win to Mr. Kid. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good. 
<laughs> yeah. You're right. They just like everything they say is a pun. <laughs> like uh I I can't even remember what all the the pun, <clears throat> all the puns were. But uh I was so funny. I liked how like so like you know, they get the they're showing how the diamonds get stolen from the mine, which is funny because they have the old white guy talking about like I don't know why our workers would steal from us. <laughs> Give them <laughs> We give them housing and doctors and beds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like basically the fucking blood diamonds. <laughs> but uh, so like the they show the guys like stealing diamonds and you know hiding them in their mouth, and then the dentist takes them and then he transfers them to somebody else. And uh, I thought it was hilarious. They killed the dentist with a scorpion. Like, yeah, Susie puts it down the back of your like back of his shirt is oh oh oh, oh. <laughs> just falls drops down immediately <laughs> the scorpion nature's greatest killer <laughs> for whatever he says <laughs> like i don't think that's how it works like i don't even know if scorpions have that much venom to kill people yeah like i'm sure they do but has to be the right kind of scorpion and yeah i'm sure it takes more than like two seconds <laughs> the scorpion probably just fell all the way down like i don't know if his shirt was tucked in but if it was untucked it probably just fell to the ground and i'm uh, pretty sure it's hard for a scorpion to sting something when it's in free fall it's probably gotta <laughs> you know land and like get its bearings and kind of push off of something to right lunge its stinger forward unless it uses its stinger to try to like hang on for dear life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, uh, so funny. Um, and then they like to kill the the old lady who's running the, the I was confused by the old lady with the orphanage because I thought she was in Africa because she's like, You want to go to Amsterdam, give me the money and I'll send you there. And then she's dead in the river in Amsterdam. Yeah, I think she just travels back and forth frequently. Oh, so she goes with them. Okay. Yeah, lives there half the time. That makes sense. But yeah, and even at the end, so I had mentioned earlier, like the the broken aftershave or cologne bottle. Yeah. Bond makes the comment like, it smells worse than a Tarts aftershave or, you know, handkerchief. And so I'm thinking like, okay, Tarts, okay, so that's a like a gay thing. But so what's the point of all that? Because like the camera like zooms in on it and it's like, ooh, this broke. <laughs> and it's it smells a lot. I'm like that. They really like, I had the camera linger on it for him to make this joke. And then I at was, the end, I was I, now that you mentioned it, I, I was confused what they were trying to show because it was when they dump them in the car, right? Yeah. So they dump them in, the, in trunk. the trunk. Yeah. And uh, they showed something fall off of somebody's jacket or something. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, I couldn't even tell what it was. But like, it I noticed Mr. Wentz. Other, he was already spraying his fucking face with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And at the end, because uh, when I originally thought of this movie, like when I was thinking about it, Mr. Went to Mr. Kid, I was remembering the ending on the boat. And yeah. I remember Bond has that little ruse he does about the claret, the, you know, the wine thing. So mm-hmm. he finds out that they're fake. But then he also says, you know, I've smelled that aftershave before. And yeah. so it's like, okay, now it's come full circle. <laughs> finally. <laughs> 
Because because uh, in my head, I'm thinking like, well, they don't need the aftershave thing because he gets them with the claret comment. Yeah. But. To make double sure. Then they have the bomb <laughs> inside the cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. He comes after him with the, uh, the skewers that are like, he let the kebab on fire. Yeah, Mr. Kid is on fire. Like he's yeah, he's got the, the flaming kebabs and then he like throws the wine or whatever on him. Yeah. Or I forget what he throws something flammable at him and it just lights his whole body up. <laughs> he goes flying over the side of the boat. Because they're on a boat. And uh Yeah, it's a good stunt work there. Mr. Wind gets thrown over with the bomb. <laughs> yeah, that was I thought that might have been another like gay reference thing where because like Bond takes his hand like underneath his crotch and then like lifts him up like yeah, he's thought, shoving was, his own hand like through his ass or his crotch. I, it almost like <laughs> the way he said it, like he made some clip about his tails, like he, he has his tails between his legs or something like that. So I don't know if like he he took his jacket tails and wrapped them around the front and then pulled them back through because I don't know how else he like. Cause it looked like he grabbed his arms and pulled them through <laughs> yeah. like, uh, like in wrestling, that's like the pump handle position. Usually you only have one arm through and then you, the other one's like sticking up and you wrap it around up top, but mm. it'd be like a double pump handle. But like in the old school comedies, they used to do that and then they'd flip the guy over. Yeah. You know, which he eventually did. He flipped them over the edge or <laughs> the side <laughs> of the boat. <laughs> But uh, oh, that was great. That was a great finish too, because then they teased um, what's her name, uh, Tiffany Case. She's like, I got something to ask you. Usually, uh, you know, this isn't for a woman to ask. And then they have all that stuff happen. And then he says, What? What were you gonna ask? How do we get those diamonds back? <laughs> <laughs> Very creative name, uh, Tiffany Case, who's a jewel who's- smuggler. She was born in Tiffany's. <laughs> I've, what did he say? What if you were born in? Um, yeah, he says, "What if you were born in some other store?" And it was like yeah, some really butch name or something. It was like a Sears and Roebuck or something like that. Or <laughs> yes. I can't remember. But, but um, yeah, what about uh, Bambi and Thumper? Huh? Oh yeah, it was a pretty uh, athletic duo there, huh? That's what I mainly remember, like watching it as a kid. I remember uh, Mr. Went to Mr. Kid, but mostly obviously. like I liked it because of Bambi and Thumper. <laughs> you know, they got me going when I was like six years old, <laughs> seven <laughs> years old. And plus, I had already just seen Bambi or Bambi. So I'm like, I know Bambi and Thumper. Oh, boy. They must yeah. have just seen Bambi, too, when they did this movie. <laughs> that was pretty good. I like when uh, when he gets the upper hand in the pool and he's just like <laughs> holding him underwater. <laughs> <laughs> did you kill him yet no i haven't found out where uh mr white is yet <laughs> where jimmy dean is <laughs> but uh oh, i wanted to talk about so like there's like a government base that's apparently funded by mr white by willard willard white mm-hmm. and uh like they take james down there no james breaks in right yeah uh he 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 just totally 
outsmarts all the goofs that are working there. Oh, the scientist with the top secret clearance (laughs) bypasses all the security here to check your radiation screens. Like what? (laughs) Yes. I feel much safer now. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, this is bullshit. (laughs) It's like all the people walking around in masks the last year. Yes. I I feel much safer. (laughs) (laughs) Like the people who wear it, but they don't really believe in it. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) So, like, I was trying to think, like, were they f- doing, like, a fake moon landing? Or was it just, like, a, a staging area to prepare for astronauts to go to the moon? I think the latter, because I don't think the former would have been brought about until the 80s or 90s. I don't know. When do you think that first became, like, a conspiracy theory that we didn't land on the moon in 69? Oh, 71, that would have been too early, I think. You think so? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe people were more trusting back then. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. It's a point of pride. You know, we beat the Ruskies, so there's no way we didn't go on the moon. Well, isn't Nixon in office when they went to the moon? Oh, yeah, 69. So, so. Yeah, yeah, Nixon was there. Because he so, uh, I, beat I could uh, Johnson in 68, so. I could see people saying, well, I don't think Johnson ran in 68 because he had done one in like three quarters terms. So he didn't want to run again, but oh, I don't know. I guess Humphrey or something, or is that 72? I I don't remember. Or Mondale. No, my, wait. Mondale was. Uh, Mondale was 84. 80, 84. Yeah. The Reagan well, sweep. <laughs> he won Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, like I, I could see people thinking that's a conspiracy. Like they, they had to think that the Kennedy assassination was a conspiracy by that point, didn't they? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I wouldn't put it past them. But him getting in that fucking moon buggy or whatever. <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Driving through the desert, everybody's flipping <laughs> their cars because they can't drive on the, the sand. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how he got out. It was such a like a magic trick. He gets out of the the moon buggy, and then he uh, like the people on the three wheelers keep chasing him, except for the one guy that crashed. Mm-hmm. His wheel magically reappeared on his three wheeler. <laughs> crashed it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had the other chase through the the city, you know, through the strip in uh, in the Mustang. Yeah. Which That's is pretty, pretty cool. hilarious. He gets them in the, the parking lot <laughs> and he outsmarts <laughs> all of them. <laughs> I like when the sheriff gets on the uh the radio and um I forget who he's calling. He's like Daryl calling for Daryl or something. Daryl, are you there? Daryl, come in. He must have got him. <laughs> Good job, Daryl. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> and then Bond just drives by him. <laughs> <laughs> and he does that that trick where he gets it through the the narrow uh alley on two wheels yeah and then it ends he's on the opposite two wheels <laughs> yeah, i was like wait wait what How did i he couldn't flip? figure that out either <laughs> I, was, I was confused by that too and it wasn't like a mirror thing because like clearly he went up on the driver's side mm-hmm. like with the driver's side up in the air and then when he comes out he somehow 
passenger side is up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was wild. And then the Blofeld stuff, we didn't even talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like at the beginning, he just comes in and kills him. Like, not, mm-hmm. like it's, he's been spending movies and movies trying to catch this guy and kill him, and he does it <laughs> in the first two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, it's not the real Blofeld. He's doing like a Saddam Hussein thing. Yes. Where he's got all these doubles. And, and then, uh, I would love it when he kills the second double later. Oh, that was great. He, yeah. What do you like? What do he like? Kicks the cat or whatever. Or he lunges at the cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the cat's on the sofa. And he like, I don't know if he kicks the cat itself, but he definitely kicks the cushion where the cat was sitting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he waits to see whose arms it jumps into. <laughs> and then there's another cat. <laughs> <laughs> he killed the wrong guy. <laughs> uh, it was great that there was more than one cat. You knew it was the right cat because it had the diamond uh, collar on. Yeah. Oh man, so good. And then he had the voice modulator, so he sounded <laughs> like Willard White. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't been seen in over. Was it two years? Three years? He hasn't it kept left changing. the penthouse. It was, like, it was like three years, and then five years, and then like I think they changed every scene. And like Willard. Uh, Willard White, when they rescue him, he seems kind of no worse for the wear. He doesn't really talk about not doing anything the past five years. He's like, oh, you met Bambi at Thumper. <laughs> they made it seem like he didn't know that he was kidnapped. Like he he was just living in seclusion and like Blofeld just like came in and took his spot in the, the fucking casino. Just living that Howard Hughes lifestyle, I guess. I guess so. Um. And then they had the laser, the space laser with mm-hmm. the diamonds. That's pretty cool. So that they could uh... see so each one of these early bonds. You see the Austin Powers movies. You get more of the jokes now. Yeah. <laughs> and there was somebody in this movie uh, that I think it was uh, maybe in the beginning. Maybe it's in the casino. I remember somebody was wearing that hat that Will Ferrell's wearing in the first Austin Powers, that red kind of cone shaped hat. The Fez, yeah. Yeah, the Fez, <laughs> which is another thing, like another double joke that I didn't get until way later after seeing Austin Powers. Yeah. Because a Fez is another name for like a weird or funny hat. And it's also for like, you know, a foreigner whose ethnicity is ambiguous, basically, <laughs> which is why they called Fez uh, Fez on uh, that 70s show. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was in the beginning because like the the Japanese guy says go to Cairo and then he, he beats up some guy in Cairo with a fez on and he says go yeah. talk to Maria and then like Maria gets her fucking bikini top taken yeah her on her throat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. oh there's so much going on I like the uh, like he hid the diamonds in Circus Circus <laughs> <laughs> Which which had me uh, thinking of Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I like how they just like here's an African woman. She turns into a gorilla. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a little a uh, uh, little risque. <laughs> and she uses that to to get away from the CIA. And her name was Zola, wasn't it? Something like it might have been. Yeah. Her name was Zola. She was not a showgirl. No. She was a gorilla, apparently. 
And then they let the uh, the girl out, and like all the kids run away. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> um, plenty O'Toole is there for a little while. Remember her? Like how they threw her off the fucking balcony, and <laughs> she lands in the pool, and he's he's on his like good aim. Like, oh, I didn't know there was a pool down there. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, and There's the so scene at the end stuff. There's so yeah, much the, good stuff in this movie. The climax when Bond is using Blofeld's escape pod as like a wrecking ball, and he just keeps banging him <laughs> into the side of the rig. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. I like how they control the space later with a laser with a audio cassette. Yeah, the world's greatest marches. <laughs> Charles I Gray has one hell march. I hate march music. Yeah, Charles Gray has one hell of a British accent. That thing is about as British as you can get. He's so much different than all the other Blofelds. Like, why does he have such a thick head of hair all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I remember when we. When I challenged you to watch, you only live twice. I mentioned he's in there, the actor Charles Gray, as he plays a different character in You Only Live Twice. He's the guy who lives in Japan with the Japanese wife, and he was like Bond's contact once he got there. Okay. Yeah. And he he just has a couple of you know a few random scenes there, and then like a couple of movies later, they're like, hey, why don't you come play Bull- Blofeld? You know, <laughs> we need so- another one. But uh, yeah, I don't. I'm sure there's stuff that we missed, but like, like I said, this is uh, I think my favorite so far. I'm uh, glad you're starting to turn the corner here. <laughs> <laughs> you're not rounding it, but you're starting to turn. Yeah, because I think uh, the next one is a lot of fun. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, you've seen Live or Let Die, but the next one I'm going to challenge you to, Man hmm. with the Golden Gun. Yeah, Christopher Lee and Hervé Villachez. So, oh, nice! It's a lot of fun, <laughs> <laughs> and probably the simplest plot of, well, maybe outside of Skyfall. It's even simpler in Skyfall because Christopher Lee just plays like basically like the world's greatest assassin, and his he gets hired to kill James Bond, and that's it. Easy, easy enough. <laughs> although there is something that has to do with like the sun and lasers towards the end i forget what that's all about but there's so many fucking lasers. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it looks like uh diamonds are forever yeah it looks a lot like uh in austin powers uh spy who shagged me when he has the the moon laser yeah I liked when they put the laser satellite up there and like it was dropping all the stuff. It would just like drop like it's like in gravity, like instead of floating off in the space, <laughs> like it no, like it would in a real movie, like, <laughs> like a movie that understands how space works. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anything else? No, like I said, I think you know we probably left some stuff out, but. Uh, very entertaining a lot of fun all right well we will check you later guess we'll see you around all right check you later bye wait man why are you always such a dork man what are you talking check about check you later check you later <laughs> hey man you off my case